Welcome to the Best of the God Reports podcast. I'm your host, Sam, and I'm here with my wife, Rebecca. We love stories that describe the powerful ways God is at work. In the Psalms, David writes, Proclaim among the nations what He has done. And God Reports really does that. It shares stories and testimonies from the mission field. In the Best of God Reports podcast, we have compiled raw phone calls with journalist Mark Ellis, who happens to be my father-in-law. Yeah, every Friday I get together with my dad, who is journalist Mark Ellis, at a local breakfast spot. Over a warm cup of coffee and an omelet, I get to hear about these incredible, inspiring stories he's writing. A couple Fridays ago, while having breakfast together, a man approached our table and we started talking, and that is how we have today's interview. And that interview is a testimony with Shane Little Mike Reese. He's a president of a motorcycle club. Shane grew up in Orange County, California, with mixed messages from two sides of his family. His mother's side of the family were solid, but his father's side had a criminal past. Shane tells God Reports, My dad's side was pretty much all crime, biker lifestyle, drug deals, and questionable women. But only one decision changed the course of my entire life. Enjoy this raw telephone interview with journalist Mark Ellis from 2022. So, you know, I was raised in in Orange County, um, solid family, uh, you know, on my mom's side. My dad's side was... uh, Pretty much all crime and biker lifestyle, um, drug deals, uh, you know, questionable women, you know, the whole, the whole thing. Mm. And, uh, so, you know, going to school, I was, I was kind of a super jock. I ended up with, uh, you know, full ride scholarships and, and all this stuff for, for shot put, discus, power lifting and all that. And, uh, I was going to nationals in Arizona and uh you know I was a shoe in to, to win no big deal and uh my athletic director gave me the wrong time to uh to show up for my for the meet. Oh no so I was unable to throw or compete or do anything so I get home from Arizona and there's uh multiple messages on the answering machine that said sorry Mr. Reese, sorry Mr. Reese, sorry Mr. Reese due to the fact that, uh, you know, my scholarships were athletic and uh, I failed to to place in a, in a national meet. So I got dropped all my scholarships. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. So shortly after that, it was kind of, uh, you know, give up mode and uh, went to a high school party, probably the last party of the year, and there was some cocaine there. And, uh, you know, what the heck? I had nothing else to lose, so... That's where it started. What what um, what grade were were you a junior senior? Where that was senior year of high school. Junior year. Senior year. Oh, senior year. Right, right. Okay. So, so that kind of kicked off my my career as a you know a habitual drug user because I got to escape from you know the emotion of how much, how many years and time and effort I put into, you know, this, uh, craft, you know, mm. athletic craft. And, uh, it gave me the opportunity.
opportunity to escape it and to numb out and to not have to worry about that or really anything else. So, um, fast forward to about 19, um, I had my first arrest. I was in a Tower Records when they first, you know, were when they were still around. Sure. And, uh, and uh, I had stolen something. I don't remember what. And I got caught. And they called the cops on me. I got arrested. I had uh, drugs in my possession. So I went to jail for the first time at age 19. Mm. Now, were you able to get drugs in, in prison? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I stayed high in jail, too. Mm. Yep. Mm. So, you know, I was doing things, you know, the, the thing that stands out the most to me, you know, I destroyed families, not only my own, but other people's. Um, you know, uh, I I had, you know, the, the thing that stands out the most to me is I had a friend who was a pregnant girl, and I, I had injected her with drugs, mm. you know. Mm. And uh, that's the thing that eats me up the most today. You know, still, I know I'm forgiven, but it's it, I'm, it's hard for me to forgive myself on that one. But uh, that's 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 probably the craziest, you know, thing I've done that I've had to live with. What happened to uh, <clears throat> the girl and the baby? They, so she was she was just like me. You know, she was just a, an IV drug user. Um, you know, everything came second to the drug and to the high to the lifestyle so i believe you know i don't know exactly what happened to the baby or where it's at but uh you know she last i heard is still out there doing what she does and uh mm. you know just uh you know the devil is strong and and uh you know he lives in he lives in the people that are out there on the streets and doing drugs because it's you know it's a it's an easy place for him to land you know yeah that's a sad one forgive myself if God has forgiven me, you know, but it's still, it's still the flesh. It's, it's hard to get over. Yes, I can imagine. Uh, but, uh, uh, so, you know, at 36, I, 
one more time, landed before the judge, and uh, he said either go do another nine years or go do a 90-day program, right? Mm-hmm. So that's you know an easy choice. Uh, went to the 90-day program basically just to get parole and my family off my back and to appease them for a little while, you know, with no real goal in mind of getting sober or getting clean or anything like that. It was just to, uh, again, just to get everybody off my back and maybe have the family allow me to come to the house once in a while again, you know. Um, so, you know, I, I was there at, at Cooper Fellowship in Santa Ana, and, uh, you know, this, there was this meeting, and, and I'm working the 12 steps, and I have a sponsor and all these things, but kind of, you know, halfway doing it, you know, half-heartedly. And uh, so there's there's uh, this, this guy at the speaker meeting of, of Alcoholics Anonymous, and, uh, you know, there's, there's probably 200 people at this meeting, and he's up there, and he said something, and I knew he wasn't talking directly to me, but but in my heart, he was talking directly to me. Mm-hmm. You know, he goes, "Hey, stupid, you want to do what the happy people you want? You want to be happy? Go do what the happy people do." You know, <laughs> and and you know, for somebody of the caliber of mindset that I was in, you know, coming straight out of the cell and, and off of drugs, I'm like, "There's no way that that is something that's that's real." You know, that, that there's no way. First of all, I don't know any happy people, you know. So, Sundays at this program, we were able to leave for a couple hours to go see family or to go to church. And I had ran into a girlfriend of mine who said that this guy had beat her up and broke her finger. And he goes to this church every now and again on, on Sundays. So, I went to this church, uh, not necessarily to find God, but to find this guy and uh and you know to teach him to give to give him what for you know what i mean huh. and and uh you know not thinking that you know god is present at this place there's christian people at this place there's people that wouldn't let this happen at this place but you know uh still pretty foggy i was going to go there and hurt this guy so lo and behold he didn't show up the pastor there talked a message that landed home hit me in the heart and uh and from that day in 2015, I have been serving the Lord and, and, and saved and, and, you know what I mean? It just, just living this amazing Christian life. So, <clears throat> Do you remember what it was in the message? Oh, man, I really don't. I really don't. I wish I did. I, I beat my, you know, I've, I've racked my brain trying to figure this one out myself, and I just <laughs> don't remember what it was. But clearly he must have presented the gospel. Absolutely. And, and, you know, the thing is, you know, I mentioned my dad being a biker and, you know, all I wanted to do was be like my dad my whole life. And I got my wish. But one of the guys that he hung out with was this guy named Freeway Pete, who was the national sergeant at arms uh, for the Vagos 1% Outlaw Motorcycle Club. Hmm. And, uh, you know, which means he's a real heavy hitter. Uh, if there's any issues within the, the club. Um, he's the one that goes and handles it, you know what I mean, however he needs to handle it hmm. uh, nationally, which is a very big deal. So I get, I go to this church, and lo and behold, there's Freeway Pete 30 years later as a pastor of this church. No way. You know, yeah, so, <laughs> so he's the guy that sent the message that landed home because he looked like me, he talked like me, covered in tattoos, a biker, 
and, and got his life right, you know, where I was kind of in the phase of maybe trying to do that myself. Incredible. Absolutely. I mean, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's no coincidence, no coincidence, coincidences, you know what I mean, when God's involved. And, and I truly believe that, you know, if it wasn't for me seeing that man standing up there doing what he was doing for people like me and having it come to fruition at work, uh, who knows, you know, who, who knows where we'd be, but. Where yeah. is that church still around? Yeah, it's called uh, it's called First Love. Okay, it's in, it's in Costa Mesa. First Love, and he's still the pastor. He is the lead pastor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but he'd be an interesting guy to talk to to get his testimony, probably. He would absolutely. He would. So, yeah. um, uh, I can if I know, I'll get a hold of him and see if it's okay for me to uh, pass along his number, and I'm sure it will be. Okay. Yeah, I would love to yeah. talk to him. Yeah, absolutely. So, how did so, your life? How did your life change after that? Oh, so complete one hundred and eighty. You know what I mean? It was it was a little slow. You know, like in program. You know, about Alcoholics Anonymous, it says sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. Um, but if you continue to work at it, it will materialize. You know, and uh, that's kind of what happened in my life. You know, I I got I got a lot of things very quickly due to sobriety and serving and trusting in God. You know, I got a lot of things I, you know, uh, I met my wife at this rehab that I went to when we started going to this, you know, first love church together mm. and we both got saved together. We both got baptized together. Um, you know, and we're still happily married today, you know, seven years later. And, uh, you know, the, the peace, all the shiny things came along with it. You know, you know, the, the, the cars, the motorcycles, you know, the house, um, things like that, and you know, uh, but but the most measurable thing for me is the peace, the mm-hmm. serenity, the true joy of of this life. You know, mm-hmm. including paying taxes. You know, this is something I never thought I would do in my life. But <laughs> as I got sober, I'm like, you know what? I want to be one of those grumpy old men sitting at a table at a restaurant, bitching about how. They have to pay their taxes and this and this and this. And that's what I wanted for my life. You know, because <laughs> I had just lived the thug, drug dealing, drug using life, you know. Mm, and, uh, so I got, I got all the gifts of, of you know, pretty much n- normal, a normal human has. <laughs> and uh, which is kind of the reason why, you know, I feel like people like me who have truly been to the pits, to the depths of low bottom, far as you can get type of life that when these little miracles happen, we truly, truly have the ability to to appreciate them, you know, whereas if somebody has had things, you know, their whole life and stuff like this and things just continually happen for them, it's just kind of every day for people like me and my wife and and my friends, uh, every little miracle is an absolute major miracle for us. (laughs) I I love it. Yeah. Uh, now, were you, when I met you at uh, Harbor House, who who were you with? Was that your wife? That was my wife. Oh, okay. All right. And so, where are you going to church now? So now we're at a place called Beach Cities Church in uh, Huntington Beach, where we live. Okay. Um, and the card that I gave you, um, you know, as, as I'm going through life, you know, I'm running into people and this and that and. I went into this tattoo shop and I was going to get a tattoo and I saw this guy had this, uh, this vest, you know, that, you know, in the club world, we call it a cut, 
<laughs> you know, so, so seven years later, I'm now the president of that motorcycle club. Hey! Yeah, you know, and, you know, worked my way up from road captain to sergeant at arms to vice president, now president, and, uh, you know, we get to, we, and, and the people that are in the club, 98% of us have all walked the prison yards of Southern California, have all been addicted, homeless, um, violent, um, you know, we even have a bomb maker, you know what I mean? Oh, man. Yeah, and but we all did one thing different in our lives that changed our lives, and that was submit to God. You know what I mean? That's the mm. only thing different that we did in our entire life that changed our entire lives 100%. Isn't that it, great? You know, well, it's amazing. What's it's the, amazing. You know? What's the name of the club? We're Christ Sons MC Motorcycle Club. Christ Sons SC? Is that MC Motorcycle Club? Um, MC Motorcycle Club. Right. Okay. And what are you doing for a living? So I own a tree service and demo company. Oh, okay. Yeah, big, big Mike and Son tree service and demolition. And demo, huh? Yep. That's great. Right. Well, it's right. so it's so good to talk to you, Shane, and hear this story after sort of a chance meeting. I. You know, I was talking, my son and I, uh, you know, often have a regular Friday morning breakfast. And he's he was a youth pastor for eight years. I was a assistant pastor for nine years. And now I have this website. <clears throat> but um, you must have overheard us talking. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did. I heard you guys talking and I'm like, man, this is amazing. I love sitting somewhere, you know, in, in a place on a day, a kind of a ditch day for my wife and I, you know, we took that day off and, and uh, drove from Huntington down to Dana Point, had, you know, in search of nothing particular, and, you know, we figured we'd go to Harbor House because we got one down here in Sunset Beach, too, and, uh, we, we, you know, we pulled in, sat down, and instantly I heard you guys talking, and, uh, and uh, I'm like, this is awesome, this is amazing what God does, you know what I mean, it just puts, puts things in our path that, uh, you know, kind of, you know, what, what are you going to do with this? You know, there's an opportunity. How are you going to use it? And, uh, you know, with the motorcycle club, it's an opportunity all the time because a lot of Christians don't understand, like, when they see us rolling down the road, they either freak out and pull out of the way <laughs> or they see, you know, the Christ on, on our backs and they pull up close to us and give us a thumbs up or a number one. And, uh, you know, so we have, we have, we have great opportunity to, to spread the love of Jesus with, with, you know, with our colors, that's, you know, with, with what we wear. That's and, wonderful. Uh, yeah, I was listening to you guys, I'm like, man, here's an opportunity, you know, <laughs> so, you know, you get out of, get out of your comfort zone and, and uh, drop a card and say hi to someone and, yeah. you know, if it lands, it lands, if it doesn't, then on to the next. That's right, that's right. Yeah. Well, it, it's uh, so good to talk to you, Shane. Do you have any photos you could email me to um, go along with the story? Uh, sure, I don't have any of my old life. Okay. Uh, but uh, I have plenty of my new life. Okay. Did you did you did you uh, destroy those, or they're just lost, or what? So when you're in the life, if you know what I mean, uh, you're on the hunt for drugs. You're using drugs. You're high. You're trying to outrun the cops, and uh, it all just kind of you know becomes second 
secondly important to to you know to being high. So yeah, uh, I just I really don't. I you know I have a picture of when I'm a little kid, but that's about really all I got. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. Send me the picture of you as a kid. So good to talk to you, Shane, and uh, so. So uh, glad to hear the change that God has brought into your life. Thanks for listening to the Best of the God Reports podcast. To discover more interesting testimonies and articles on what God's doing around the world, go to godreports.com or check out some previous episodes on the Best of the God Reports podcast.